We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. And also make sure if you're one of our audio listeners, go to YouTube, type in Seahawks Man to Man, hit subscribe, then come back to Spotify, Apple, wherever you're doing. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. All right, we are back uh, with an off-season episode of Seahawks Man to Man podcast. We have our first off-season guest uh, of 2022. Uh, he is a recurring guest at this point. He's making his <laughs> second appearance, I believe, on the Seahawks Man to Man show. Uh, debuting on our YouTube channel, we have KJ Wright. Joining the program, a.k.a. The Elevator. I'm always going to yeah. use that nickname. Uh, <laughs> KJ, what's going on with you, man? Welcome to the YouTube version of the show. What's good, fellas? How y'all doing? Can't complain, We man. are doing okay. Happy right. happy to have you. I think this is now, what, second player to come on twice? And then yeah. I think Quandre did two. Yep. So KJ's now. Or maybe did Cliff did two. Yeah, Cliff as well. as well. Cliff did two. So that's 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 three, although Cliff's uh, retired now. So welcome back, man. How are you doing, man? How, how was the year in Vegas? Glad to be here, man. The year in Vegas was it was fun. We uh, got ten wins, made a playoff berth, went through some adversity, and uh, throughout the season, like a lot of teams do. But um, I was just more than I would have liked. But um, no, it was fun just just to see the other side. I kind of always deep down inside wanted to see what the other side was like. Like everybody say, the other side is is you don't want to go see what it's like. Stay inside of your whole career. I'm like, guys, it can't be that bad. And so I wanted to see what it was like and um, I had a good time, made, made some new friends and uh, playing in a new city, new stadium. So I enjoyed it. I bet you did. It was always, you know, 75 and above. The rain never happened. You're smiling all the time. I'm sure you enjoyed every second of being out there, man. I had, I had a pool at my house, a hot tub. <laughs> my kids came in town. Let's go in the backyard and kick it. There you the go. Boy, I, I, a good spot. I do got to correct you, KJ. You guys didn't have normal adversity in Las Vegas. I would argue that the 2021 Las Vegas Raiders probably had one of the wildest seasons in NFL history. Mm. I'm not even joking. Like, yeah. bet between uh, between having the first, like, this is it wild or negative necessarily, but it, it was a big headline having the first openly gay player and active player in NFL history, which was like a footnote now after you lose John Gruden for the reasons you lost John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett. Uh, what's my man's name who got the DUI just recently? 
uh, Nate Hobbs. Yeah, like yeah. there was all this off season. It was everything but football was the focus of y'all losing your coach. Yeah. Like y'all went through a lot. It's amazing y'all made the the playoffs. How did you guys weather all that last year? Man, two things. Um, first things first. I believe our head coach was freaking awesome. Coach Rich Basaccia, I I was thoroughly surprised that they did not hire him. It's um, you go through all this stuff and you have a guy in the building that led us, that they that guided us, you know, held guys accountable to the season we had, and I believe that he should have had another opportunity to to do it again. Getting the man OTAs and the players loved him, like everybody literally loved this dude. He was a special teams coach in the beginning, and so he had an impact on everybody in, in the building. And so I believe that he was one of the main reasons. And the second reason was, like, guys, like, in the locker room that, like, guys, like, we know what we're up against. We don't want to let this season to go go to waste. Just we can, we can look for every excuse in the building to, like, uh, we've been through too much. Let's just throw in the towel. But the leadership in that building was tremendous. And um, we, we stayed the course. We stayed afloat. And um, we got it done. And you guys finished some crazy game with six walk-offs, uh, I think. You know, man, that kicker, um, Carlson. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Clutch. I've, I've never seen a kicker hit that many game when the field goes in the season. Like the one in Dallas, the one in Cleveland, uh, the the Chargers. Like, dude has so many. And so uh hats off to him with his composure and poise. It was pretty cool. Yeah, because even with the off-field stuff is all I named. The on-field was crazy. You guys was leading the division, then we hit a losing streak, yeah. then hit a winning streak. Like the, we that. started off, you start off three and zero, then lost like five in a row. It was something crazy. And then the last, we need to win the last four games to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. we got it done. Yeah, very, very, very impressive. In a year defined in Seattle by how they did not finish games, uh, seeing that Raiders team finish those games, pretty crazy stuff. I tell my homie yeah. Tashawn Reed, like, hey man. You covered the Raiders this year. Write all that for a book, bro. That was a that 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 was a crazy season. But we are here to talk about the Seahawks. Um, full disclosure: I wanted KJ to come on to talk about um, uh, the defensive coordinator firing. Uh, obviously, with our last episode was we, me and Chris talked about Ken and that decision and the defense. So everyone kind of knows how we feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to get in how you feel because you know defense better than me and Chris combined. Um, but I know Norton's your guy. Uh, he's Bobby's guy. He's Bruce Irvin's guy. You know, like anybody who's a young linebacker under him uh, loves him, and he's he's their guy. But I want to get into why if, before we talk about the schematic part of things. Like, wh- why does Ken Norton mean so much to you personally? Yeah, um, I, I believe that I've never had – I don't believe I ever had a coach that loves me the way that, that Coach Norton loved me. It's like he literally invested so much into me personally on and off the field. Like, I remember my rookie year, like, I was struggling. Like, everybody claimed I was about to get cut. I wasn't looking good. This man literally woke up at, like, we woke up at, like, 6 in the morning. He was like, meet me in the indoor facility because I was playing Mike Becker. He's like, we're about to go through all this defense, and you're going to sit there and call the huddle, tell me your run fits, tell me your pass drops. And we did that for, like, three days straight. And it's like, what coach, what coach does that? Like, like who does that? And um, he just invests so much time into you, had me to his house for every Thanksgiving, watch the boxing matches, just whatever. And so the man is just forever going to be my guy. And the way he invested into my career, into, like, my mentals off the field, like, I believe that no, no other coach in the league does that. I wanted to, I wanted to get that out there because, you, KJ, you can admit, you're a little biased, right, like, because it's your guy uh, on, on the firing. Uh, so what, what what was your initial reaction when you found out that that, that – Pete or whoever had decided to move on from Ken. 
Well, my, my initial reaction, I was upset, obviously, but my mm-hmm. initial reaction was like, where is this coming from? Like, who is it coming from? If it's Coach Carroll, if it's above Coach Carroll, like, if it was above Coach Carroll, let's say it came above him and somebody said, changes got to be made defensively. My thing was that both Coach Carroll and Coach Norton, they they both have a big hand in the defense, right? And my thing was if a, a, a question was made to move on, did he have his back? Mm. Right? Did you have my back? Because we know that both both of them have a, a heavy decision in the game plan. If he did not have his back, then that's why I got a problem with because I know that when it comes to game plan and when it comes to changing the scheme – when it comes to calls on Sundays, it's a tandem. And right. so that's what that's why I've been upset is if why is the finger been pointed here? Because if it's anywhere, it needs to be on us, not just on one person. Let, let's I want to go into like when people say it's a it's Pete Carroll's defense, right? We've kind of been hearing that for like like a decade. But let's let's break it down during the week, right? You guys are off Tuesdays, right? So players show up on Wednesday. You is that when you guys get the game plan for the upcoming Sunday? And if so, who, who how is that delivered to you? Is already is it installed in the iPads already? Like how do you guys get that? Well, we get there like six in the morning on Wednesdays and get mm-hmm. the whole game plan. And so that's that's my thing. It's like it's a team effort. Is 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 everybody putting their their two cents on what should we do? Who are we facing? How should we attack them? Right. And so to say that we're going to just go this direction, it's this fault. That's that's it's Coach Carroll's defense. He's the one that they said we're going to go to this new scheme. He's the one that helps with the game plan. So it's it's he has a big part in it. So with that, do you guys even like if you guys are about to play? I think you guys played, for example, last year you guys played a 2020 played the Cardinals um, Sunday night football. And there was a lot of look like at least a lot of like drop eight stuff. Like didn't get a lot of pressure on, on Kyler that game. Like if you guys and that's a switch up from playing, I don't know, any other quarterback. Right? When you when something happens, you get the game plan. Do you guys even know who cooked up what? You guys know who's responsible for coming up with certain plans on a certain week? That's the thing. It's, it's every week. It's every week. Like they they everybody creates a game plan. That's why you can't put it on just one person especially when Coach Kara has such a big imprint on the defensive side. And so mm. I know that it's everybody putting it together. And obviously, if I'm the head coach and you come up with a game plan that I don't like, what am I going to do as a head coach? Yeah. I'm going to change the plan. <laughs> We're not doing that. We're yeah. going to go in this direction. This I don't like that. We're going to do this. So obviously, and so that's that's when it comes to game planning and I'm the head coach, it got to get clear about this. So – one thing that I've talked about a lot, and that's just hearing from a bunch of people who played in or coached in a, a Pete Carroll system on defense, is that, like like you said, it's a tandem. There's not a, a ton of autonomy in that p- particular position for what it's worth. Coaches have said that about the offensive side of the ball, too, working for Pete. Now that you have seen the other side, is that different? Like, did Gus, working for John, John Gus Bradley and John Gruden, did yeah. Gus have more autonomy than you saw some coordinators have in Seattle? Yeah, like – you just, for example, like John Gruden only cares about the offense. <laughs> as long as the <laughs> offense is going, I'm a happy camper. And um, that's why he hired the defensive coordinator. I trust you. You've done it mm-hmm. and you've proven yourself. So this is your baby and, and run with it. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure that John Gruden was not in the defensive staff like, hey, are we running cover three or, or <laughs> what, what are we doing? This? He, he was focused on his side of the ball. Makes sense. So, and yeah, and I believe, you know, every, every team's different. Every team's different. And the way that, that the Seahawks are structured, defensive-minded coach will be on the defensive side. 
so let's now I want to go into the game. This is how the game planning works. Do you guys even know who's making a given call since it's it's all relayed through Bobby, right? So do you know if like Ken made this call or Pete made this call or yada yada? Yes, like if you if you if you I was watching a lot of Seahawks. Obviously, I played for them, but I watched them. If you guys watch carefully, and when you watch the TV copy, you will see somebody in somebody's ear, and it's like it's it's like I said, it's a team thing. Obviously, Coach Norton makes the calls, but obviously, right. Coach Carroll has an imprint on all oh, certain situations. Let's do this, let's do that, and Bobby makes the calls. Gotcha. And so okay. that's 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 what I get frustrated about when I see it because. Like it's easy to like to say you're the reason you gotta go. If and me as a leader, if this is my thing, like we we were in this thing together, so I need to take just as much blame as anybody because I'm the guy. Right. It's easy well, to just fire somebody. I'm the guy that, that had a big part in this. Mm. So should everybody have just should Pete have just fired everybody? Fired himself? Like what is that? Oh, no, nobody did nobody need to leave. That's my ah, okay. You want to re you want to run it back? Gotcha. Okay. Let's run it back. Like, like fix holes. At, let's run it back. Like we had a like we we didn't make the playoffs, obviously, with a lot of different factors. As you saw, like we didn't um guys got injured. We didn't have our, our best pieces out there. Let's let's run it back. Let's give it another shot. Who said that? Just because you didn't make the playoffs for the second time in your regime, that you got to just jump ship. Based on that, would you say Seattle was capable of having a championship caliber defense with Ken Norton Jr. as a defensive coordinator? Let's get one thing understood. Personnel is what, what gives you the game. It's what wins mm. the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Quinn, who who became a defense, who became a head coach after us. You know how many plays, you know how many calls Dan Quinn made in the Super Bowl or throughout the year? The man called like four plays. Mm. Talking about with the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, yeah. Not with the Falcons. Yep. Let's be clear. So, does that make him a miraculous mastermind at defensive coordinator? You need the personnel too. You need the personnel. Mm-hmm. I was looking, I was looking on TV like, who the hell do they got out there right now? Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't name half of them fools out there. <laughs> who had, um, who had Carlos Dunlap on the bench for a good part of the year? Yeah, that was. Who, who did that? Who who traded for or who signed a free agent and um, one of your top free agents at cornerback, but got rid of him because he didn't pan out? Akello Weatherspoon. Yeah, you're talking about yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. the highest paid corner at the time he was traded. Who got who got one draft pick, like in the draft? They had they had one guy to draft. Mm. Referring to is, Trey Brown, is, their fourth round corner. Is that defensive coordinator? Mm, okay everything fellas everything starts from the top and go down in anything yeah any successful business any successful marriage relationship everything starts from the top and go down yep speaking go oh go ahead continue go ahead. no you go ahead speaking of personnel decisions mike and i we were always wondering dropping players in the coverage especially you mentioned carlos dunlap he had a really good season last season when he came with the seahawks he came in and fit right in got to the quarterback this year they went, they switched up the scheme a little bit. They had more D linemen out there dropping into coverage. If you were in that situation, how would you would you have just made Carlos Dunlap just a pass rusher? Would you have changed anything? Because it sounds like for what you're saying, just run it back, right? Would you have changed anything from previous seasons based on the talent that you have with this defense? Yeah, I wouldn't have. Look, here's the thing. The reason why I left was because of the new scheme. Oh. And you wanted you want the guys rushing off the edge. If that's what you're going to say you do, you got to do that. 
Mm. They take you guys rushing off the edge and drop them in the coverage. Hmm. You got to rush your rushers and drop your droppers. And so when when I when you see that, that's like, what the what what's going on? Why is that being done? And so it's not that you just revamp the whole game plan or revamp the whole system. You just got to do what the system requires. And if you don't want to do the system requires, if it's so in your DNA to 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 drop guys and get the right personnel mm. back on the field to do what's in your DNA. So I'm gonna ask this because um, the defense did change in, uh, going into 2021. Though it does change is an interesting word because it does seem like it was an extension of what you guys were already doing in 2020, like the going from the four three to the three four the. You, the bare front as the new base where you got you're basically running Al Puna and um, what else they have out there? LJ Al- sometimes. Ooh, no, um, it, was like, yeah. it was like Al Rashim is like a big the three end. big guys and the two yeah, three speed. big guys and then like Daryl yeah and then um, Carlos well no, actually no, Benson. Benson yeah yeah Carlos so yeah Benson. the three before thing that that worked for you guys in 2020 I feel like uh, uh and that was one of the reasons perhaps why I was like all right let's do that again. In 2021, so why didn't it work? Why didn't that front or that defense, that style, why didn't that work as well uh, in 2021? It seemed like it had some effect in 2020. <laughs> um, so I can't be letting y'all in on too much. <laughs> well, I thought you were. I thought you were laughing because you were going to say that because you weren't in the defense in 2021. I thought that's what he was going to say. <laughs> hey, Is I... that what you were going to say? <laughs> some, some along those lines. <laughs> but it's like, it's like. I, I dropped dang near every play. Right. Yeah. So if I'm an offense, I know wherever KJ is, um, he's going to drop. So let's run the ball at him. Let's let's design our pass game according to what we know they're going to be in. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you take KJ out and put in somebody else, supposedly we're going to rush this guy so we're throwing the offense off. And so what happens is you want to do that, but you don't do it. Mm. You got the guys dropping. You got the Benson's Mayo is dropping in the coverage and you got the Dunlap's dropping in the coverage. And so what you wanted to do necessarily you didn't do because I believe what's in your DNA is in your DNA. And they didn't get it done. That, that makes sense. That's so fair. Me leaving, it went to shit. <laughs> hey man, we wanted you back. I well, number no, bring I, KJ back, no matter what. Selfishly though, I mean, not even selfishly. Like there are some plays you can point to where you with um you and coverage that just looked a little bit more natural. I think of that pick against Kirk Cousins. Yes, you know, it's just a play that you have a Sam backer be able to do. That like it's it's hard to replicate. Hard to find guys who can do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That can yeah, that can play on the line. Mm-hmm. I think about that 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 play against Kyler Murray uh, in Week 11. Uh, in 2020 on Thursday night football mm-hmm. where you kind of set the edge and that dude can't wiggle around you like that. Yeah. That stuff's hard. To, that stuff's hard to do. I thought yeah. that's why I said I thought it was going to be your answer. I thought that's why you was laughing. <laughs> I asked that. I can't say it, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> well, because people, people will ask me that because they were like, Mike, isn't that what we were running last year? The three, four. And I'm yeah. like, well, yeah. So I'm like, well, KJ well, why there. didn't it work? And it's like, well, I mean, I, I didn't have a good answer for that. Well, he wasn't the only guy gone to Jay Reed gone uh, Bunch of as well. Shaquille, Shaquille as well. You know, like, yeah. They they had they had some roles they had some roles to fill didn't have Jamal rushing the passer as you pointed out it's a team thing it's Listen. everyone it's not just the coaching staff it's not just a certain player it's it's everyone involved but guys let's get one thing understood first things first is personnel yep. you need to have the Joes on the field to accomplish whatever you want to do. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's get that understood. Like the, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl because they got number 99. Mm-hmm. Anybody, I could go call plays for them during the Super Bowl, and we'll, <laughs> we got a good chance of winning the game. And so it's you got to get the personnel right. So I'm gonna read. So that's a good. That's a. Good, uh, we're gonna segue into my next question here because I want to talk about personnel. Um, you don't have to address any of these people individually, but I just I read these names on the last uh, podcast. Do I want to do it again? These are all of the defensive players drafted from uh, 2018 to 2020 by the Seahawks. I'll just read them uh, by year. Uh, 2018, Jacob Martin, Trey Flowers, Shaquem Griffin, Rasheem Green. Uh, 2019, Demarcus Cousin or Demarcus Christmas, excuse me, Ben Burkirvin, Ugo Amadi, Cody Barden, Marquise Blair, LJ Collier. 2020, Alton Robinson, Daryl Taylor, uh, and I'm missing one. No, oh, and Jordan Brooks, excuse me. Um, and it, obviously, it all isn't just draft. You can improve your team through the free agency. You know, since then, in that same span, they made trades. They acquired Clowney, Quandre. Um, Jamal, mm-hmm. Carlos. So you can improve the team through other ways too, but the draft is the best way to do it as this team learned in 2010 through 2012. Uh, so when you say you got to have the personnel, in what ways did the personnel side maybe not help out uh, Ken Norton? I, sorry, I also started with 2018 because that's when he came back as DC. Yeah. That's why I used that, yeah. that timeline. So in what ways did the personnel uh, department maybe not help him out? I mean, guys, I mean, you guys watch the film. You guys see Sundays like, you need guys to execute your game plan. You need guys to execute your game plan. And um, obviously when you draft a guy, you think he's going to work. But if, if, if it comes there, like, and it don't, like, 
what what do I do? I got as a coordinator, I got to take what I have and adjust my game plan accordingly. I can't be a Dan Quinn and just call three plays a game. I got to throw some curveballs. I got to I probably got to go too high if my corners can't stay on top. I probably got to blitz more. And so when you look at it on on Sundays, what do I have out there? And do I got enough to to be successful essentially what it comes down to? Were there any areas then? Because I mean, it's at the end of the day. While that is true, it's still a results-based business, right? Like the guy, the guys who get the DC jobs are the guys whose defenses are like top five. You know, whether in scoring or um, we have a lot of fancier metrics now, DVOA, EPA per play. There's a lot of ways to measure defense. Um, and however, whether it was personnel or other stuff, um, for the last four years, Seahawks defense didn't have good numbers. You know, the pass rush faltered a lot of time. Run defense was pretty consistent in the last four years, but overall, it wasn't ever really even a top 10 defense were there any areas that even given the personnel stuff that ken could have been better or andre curtis who also got got canned in this you tell me what what, what should they have done oh do we got one <laughs> i love when kj spins one back to us I, you got anything chris i you do you me. go first though go ahead kj go ahead everybody everybody got the answers everybody got the answers you tell me if i got a player that's that's you guys see what sherm said the other day in his, in his podcast yeah. With Cliff? Yes, I believe I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if I get if I get rid of a, a Richard Sherman, yeah, mm-hmm. and and put in somebody else, should I be surprised what? about the results? I would say what the Seahawks should have done was bring back Shaquille Griffin. That's where you start. <laughs> Mike told me a few weeks ago he was like, "To be honest, Chris, if they want to pay you, they will pay you." <laughs> Yeah. That's any player, not just Shaq, any player. To make that clear, that's any player, right? Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, damn. They really could have brought him back, and that could have filled a void to where they don't have to go and get a Keller Witherspoon. Things of that nature. They could have well, Shaquille Griffin. Go ahead. Well, how about we keep a Frank Clark, who's already in-house? Yeah. that Those are those are decisions <laughs> that are being made that put the team in the position they are in now, where they're saying, mm-hmm. well, we have the personnel, we thought. No, you did have the personnel. You thought you could... And eh, we'll let them walk. We can bring in these guys and develop them, and they'll be the Frank Clarks. They'll be the Richard Shermans. They'll be the KJs, the, the, the so on and so forth, which is a possibility, but it didn't show up. got it there, then, then, don't, then don't let it go. How about, go. how about on draft day, we have some fun, and, and, and we have a chance to actually hit on somebody mm. versus just have an opportunity to just hit on one person. Is it, is it Mike? Go ahead, Mike. It starts from the top <laughs> down, fellas. Yeah. You can't just start from, oh, we're going to go look at this. Let's see what happens to, to lead to the to the mess. So let me, I'm saying. I, I want to get that clarified real quick. So I would say so if I was to summarize this right, you think that Ken, based on what he was given and the control that he either has or doesn't have over a defense when you when you work under Pete Carroll, he did. He maximized what you could get out of the rosters he was given. Yes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying it's easy for fans because I believe I believe media pressure has a lot to do with everything. I believe media makes the world go round, mm-hmm. and I believe that when you see, oh, get rid of this person, he's not doing this, not doing that. Um, somebody may see, oh, this is a problem. This is a problem. Maybe we need, we need to address this. It's easy for media and some people to control the narrative, but but if you're in the building and you know what's real, and you've seen what you've done, then people in the building need to be honest and keep it real. No, this is not the problem. This is the problem. And this needs to get fixed in this way, not just taking the easy way out and going with the narrative. Mm. 
I will say, flipping, uh, everyone has the answers. I don't know if this is like a, a Ken thing or not, but there, there was, there's like two characteristics that carried over from his time as the Raiders DC that came up here, and that was um, not generating turnovers. That was a big deal. Um, and his final year in Oakland, I think they went like 14 weeks without interception or something like that that, that last year, 2016. Um, and obviously, the other part of this, the second thing is the pass rush. Now, you trade Khalil Mack, your pass rush is going to get worse, <laughs> uh, which speaks to personnel, like you're saying. But that was another thing that was a, a, a characteristic, quote unquote, of the defenses in Oakland in 2015 to 16. That then came up here. The pass rushes weren't weren't very good. Um, and then this last year, turnovers are really hard to generate. Turnovers are a little fluky. But if you ask me, well, like, yeah. more could have done i speak to those things because it's not just here like i said those are characteristics that were down there in oakland too uh although... do me a favor do me a favor mike yeah go look, at, go, go look at that secondary which go one at, go look at the secondary head in, in uh in oakland uh-oh no oh, no no it, it personnel does matter too i'm of the impression for what it's worth i guess we should have told kj this before he even came on me and chris we should, this goes back a little bit. When he even fired Chris Richard, me and Chris, our <laughs> podcast was it. like, for what? What's that going to do? So the same thing when they yeah. fired Shoddy last year. It was like, guys, this is PKL that was... What's that going to do? Uh-oh, we got a, we got a KJ, <laughs> KJ? shot in Take away. What's what up, man? I love Shoddy. I absolutely love Shoddy. Like seeing Shoddy when he came to OTAs, like his run game, his pass and stuff. Shoddy, Shoddy was the man. And when he like let go, I was like, what the hell are we doing? Mm. Dude is nice, and so <laughs> hands off the wheel. Yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know we, we where they came it. from, who they came from, why it came from. We could do a whole podcast on where that that came. <laughs> Might from need you back, KJ. Yeah, no, I mean that's a we could have a bunch <laughs> of people on to talk about that. That was the same. That was the same guy calling the plays during Let Russ Cook mm-hmm. when when things weren't cooking so good. It's the same guy. Oh man, this Raiders secondary in 2016 was very. Oh, very bad. That's why KJ now, said, "Look, I'm not it saying up. it's good. I'm just saying like that's uh, if I was to the other thing I would critique as well, because um, I do think every coach needs good players. Like I think specifically you need great players on defense, because um, a lot of times you're only as good as your 11th guy, particularly in the playoffs. You got one weak link, an elite quarterback or an elite schemer will figure that out. If your inside linebacker can't tackle, like they're going to just spam runs at him until he learns mm-hmm. how to tackle, or you're going to be the Rams and lose to the Niners six times in a row." Um, that was one reason why they they kept Shanahan kept beating McVeigh. He just dared his linebackers to tackle with all those runs, and he just couldn't. Um, but the, another thing I would critique though too, I don't, again I don't know if it's a Ken thing or a Pete thing, the trading for Jamal and using him the way they did in 2020 to success. Jamal was very good in 2020, yeah. um, and then to allow other teams to basically in 2021 take his strength away, which get into the quarterback. I thought that was an entire just failure. I don't know if that's coaching staff or what, just because Pete basically after seven weeks was like, yeah, every time we put Jamal near the line, they go 33s there, block them, and then they block them. <laughs> and then he's just ineffective. I don't know who that was on, but I just think that's a huge failure because the only way to justify that transaction was to, all right, the pre- you do this premium thing. You get to the quarterback. That's worth paying for in this league. Well, we just let the other team dictate that you can't, we can't even send you at the dude no more. Like, that was one thing I said. I don't know whose fault that is, but that's some, somebody had to answer for that part in particular for me. How, how, how is that a bad, like, what else, like, what is this office supposed to do? Like, I'm gonna send my guy to Jamal. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't take a safety and make him your best pass rusher. That's fair. Let me ask you this How would have, how would KJ have used Jamal Adams? Oh, thank you for asking me that. Good question. <laughs> Let me tell you what he did. 
I would have went obviously first and second down playing in safety. On nickel package, he's my wheel linebacker. Mm. He's my wheel linebacker. There's so much you can do when he's at the wheel. You can have him cover running backs. You can have him cover tight ends. And you can blitz him there. You can put him in hooks. You can buzz him. You can blitz him. There's so much you can do with him when you put him at the nickel wheel. And I believe going forward, don't steal my idea, Seahawks. <laughs> well, they just need to hire you then. <laughs> I'm staff if you go steal my idea. But um, I'll play them at the nickel wheel. There's so much more you can done with them. And it won't, the offense won't be dictated with him in that position because you can bring the nickel, you can bring the mite, you can move him to high three. You can do, you can get real creative with him at the nickel wheel. So that would be this year, that would have been what plan? Instead of so you got your four pass rushers, you got the guys, we don't have to name them, and you mm-hmm. got you got DJ, let's say Trey Brown or Sidney Jones, Quandre. Quandre. So do we have a safety on the field? We only have one safety in that scenario. Brian, let's safety. Ah, okay. Okay. I see what you're doing. Oh man, you might be you your Seahawks Twitter's gonna love you. I got tweeted that once a week. <laughs> For real. <laughs> to basically put Ryan Neal as safety and Jamal linebacker. Maybe Seahawks Twitter's on to something. Maybe you can get you could get a lot out of him. And you get your money's worth, essentially. Mm, Would okay. Jordan be on the field in that package? That's the thing. That's the thing. Ah, see, that's tricky. You can't bench your first-round pick on third downs. You, you're not benching them. You're not benching them. Mike calls it benching every time you sub him out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, that's, actually, that's the hard part. That's that's the hard part because he, he did, Jordan did have a, a good year. Mm-hmm. Yes, but like, you're sacrificing for the better because coverage-wise, depending on the team, I think that's also matchups, right? If you're going up against... The Vikings, for example, maybe in that scenario, okay, we're going to do this because, mm-hmm. hey, we can bring someone down to cover the extra. Go mm-hmm. ahead, KJ. First and second down, Jordan, you got it. Third down, Brooks is yours. Two-minute drill. Uh, I mean, uh, Jamal. Not, we, know, we know what you meant, yeah. yeah uh, Two-minute drill, Jamal is yours. I, I feel that's fair. Now, like if it. now Jordan Brooks can improve, and that could be his sole position, and Jamal can improve, and now they have a, you know, the compete thing. We got to figure it out. You know, everybody's playing well, so we got yeah. a musical yeah. chairs here. Yeah, like the best man will be out there. I'm, I'm here to put the best man here to win ball games. I heard that. Well, the- you know, I, I get I, I get the first round stuff. End of the day, what are we here for? Mm. And I guess to be fair, they actually did do that. Uh, <laughs> no, for real, when they went dime, which is That's what they started doing on every third down, <laughs> on every obvious passing situation, like third and four or longer yeah. in the – from week four and on until Jamal but, got hurt there playing dime with Neil on the field and Jamal off the – or excuse me, and Jordan off the field. But Jamal was back deep. Yeah, in that situation, you don't Jamal, want him deep. Put Jamal in Up the box. Close. Put Jamal in the box. Coach KJ. See? Coach I, I, I think we're getting to something. So I think you gave us one answer. Let's see what else you got. How would you get Seattle's defense back to a championship level? What do they need? Scrap the whole, um, scrap the whole bare front. Yeah, I agree with that. That was so. That's the that's the three four thing. <laughs> you saying get rid of dropping that. your dropping your yeah. Don't do that. Okay. Scrap it. Let's go back to over defense. Let's go back to over defense. Sam, Mike, Will, um, essentially did what the Raiders did this this past year with Max Crosby and um, Yannick Ngakwe. Two rushers coming off the edge, and uh, let's, let's and we can get creative on the back and we can go quarters. We can go cover three. Mm. But the base of our defense is not going to be this bare front. As yeah. you saw, they had sometimes they had Jordan on the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yep. You off the ball. You're off the ball backer. Stay off the ball. You don't need to be down here center edge. Stay off the ball. Come downhill. Bobby, come do your thing. Run the defense. 
that's what I would do if I was, if I was a coordinator, if I was a head coach. Wow, my Don't mind. Steal my idea. Don't steal my idea. I know that I want to. <laughs> so, so here, uh, so I'm gonna throw this out there because the the bear front seemed to be a, a change um, birthed out of a lot of the uh, outside stuff that was killing the Seahawks in the 2019. I'm thinking yeah. of all like the Debo Samuel stuff, the jet sweeps to Robert Woods and those Rams games. Stretch. So it yeah. seems like the change was birthed out of that. You're saying get scrapped that as the base. Did the, are those things no longer a threat? Like, did you guys figure out a schematic thing outside of the bear fronts that stops the Robert Woods jet sweeps, the Debo Samuel outside stuff? Like, how how is that not a problem anymore if you get rid of the, the base front? If you if you watch our defense, fellas, the way we played our defense was we played it with the um the over front. We played with a four four B player. So essentially, we had the D end inside. Mm. We had the D end inside. The way that we did it with the Raiders was the D end was outside. You got him in the sixth inning. You got a guy on off outside, and so that'll help you with the boots. So what was really killing us was the boots, like right? Yeah, that that as well. Yeah, out, and there would literally be nobody else because he's inside, and the other guys dropping. So essentially, kick him out, run a true over front, and that way you got and it helps with the pass. It helps on first, second out passes up with the boots, play action, and just like we we did it because we had big we had Red Bryant. Yeah, we had the the um, the four B players, what we call it. Ain't no, we ain't got no Red Bryant's. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no Red Bryant came in the building since he left. How important is having Bobby Wagner on the Seahawks defense for 2022? It's mandatory. Mm. You have any chance of success, you need your walking Hall of Famer on the football field. You need him calling the plays. You need his. You need him in the building to make sure when things go bad, when certain guys start throwing tantrums or or getting upset, you need Bobby in the building. You need his playmaking in the building. You need him to help the coaches if they start tripping. Like, I don't know about this, coach. Let's let's, let's do this. And so it's one hundred percent mandatory. And how, I, how- I know I've, I've heard stuff surfacing around, you know, salary cap, whatever. But they need to go elsewhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm. <laughs> and I guess yeah, to, the reason because I asked that question is, yeah, because right now the topic is in Seattle, Bobby's cap hits $20 million in 2022 by trade or release. They would save 16 million, um, which sounds like a lot of money to fix whatever other areas you want to fix. Uh, but I think all three of us are in agreement here. How, how much can they say within an extension? Uh, yes. Well, that's the that's, yes. We're all in agreement here that Bobby. It like needs to be on the team for as long as Bobby wants to be on the team. <laughs> That's, uh, but yeah, so you can you can you can create a lot of money with an extension, uh, add some void years. You can get real creative with the salary cap stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and Pete Carroll, for what it's worth, didn't even suggest that that's even an option. He was like, "Why would we think any other way than having Bobby on the team?" Because mm-hmm. you know, Pete Pete's not no dummy. <laughs> He's seen, seen life seen life without Bobby before. It didn't it ain't looking great. Something just makes no sense. And if you choose to go in that direction, like. You're essentially saying we're starting over as an organization. All right. We're starting over and the playoffs don't even make sense. We're going to just really start from square one. Damn. I'm I'm curious about what you think 
what what makes a good defensive coordinator? <sighs> what makes a good defensive coordinator? Because mm-hmm. they're going to need one to get back to championship caliber level. So what yeah. what does that guy need to bring, whoever that is, for this defense to get where it needs to be? I know we talk about personnel stuff, but just he yeah, can't I, control that. He can only control what he does on the job. So what does that new guy need to bring to this defense? I, I think, first of all, he got to work well with his staff. Like, he got to have a – first of all, a de- good defensive coordinator needs a good support system. Like if you got a, if you got a defensive coordinator and you got another guy on your staff that got his own agenda or don't agree with how you operating, that's going to create that's going to create ruckus, and that happens more than y'all think. Like coaches need to be in sync when it comes to a season, and if you got somebody on your staff that that's not in sync with you, then it's not going to flow well. So that's the first thing the defensive coordinator needs he needs a good staff. Secondly, is like when it comes to personnel. He needs to see what he has and put guys in position to be successful. If I got a corner out there, like we had a we had a corner uh, this year, it wouldn't have been as best for us to run a lot of man because it just – it would have been smart. Mm-hmm. But if you, we need to see what we got and act accordingly. And you need, wow. you need some creativeness too. You need some creativeness, like creative side. You can't do the same stuff over and over. You got to do your studying across the league, see what teams are doing. How can we master this and, and get creative? But your your core principle, yeah, that got to be solid. With Ken, unfortunately, out, are there any defensive corners that you feel would come into Seattle and bring that? Here's the thing. Whoever the, whoever comes in mm. will do what the gray hair man says. Mm. <laughs> well, something we've talked about before. <laughs> yeah, like, you, this, you go do, you go do what I say. That just, all right. Nell in the coffin. We get it. How, how how would you feel about Clint Hurt being a DC? Um, I love Coach Hurt. I love Coach Hurt. I think he um awesome, awesome dude. I think he he um gels well with the players, develops them well. And I believe that if he can work good with Pete, then he he'll be all right. The key there, working well with Pete. I feel like no that's philosophy. Good that KJ saying that. Oh yeah, because we've been saying this. <laughs> KJ, you understand how much I tell him. Like guys, it's a Pete defense. It's a Pete defense. It's, it's Pete's offense. Pete's too. everything. We, we mostly did it last year with the offense, explaining to people mm-hmm. like your offense is your. It's a product of your quarterback, right? Whatever your quarterback is good or bad at, your offense will largely reflect that mm-hmm. over time if you keep the quarterback. Yeah. You change play calls. You only changes so much shit. He's only going to call so much stuff if you have the same quarterback. And I feel like. Defense is very similar in that way. Uh, like, you need yeah, to change that, a lot for it to look completely different. That's that guy. That's why it bothered me so much. Like, it's a team. They, it's it's a it's a tandem. It's really a tandem. And if I can't just put the blame on you because I had just as much in this as you did. I understand you have a pretty good relationship with Ken. Have you reached out to him? Have you spoke to him since then? And how is he doing with all this? I haven't talked to him. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Give, give up some time. And, um, yep. you know, this is hard. Like, in fact, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's hard. And so, um, like, I do know him. I know he go bounce back, like the champion that he is. And so, just got to take some time. I do I do wonder the, the last thing on personnel. Because anybody listening to this show frequently, me and KJ are lying on this personnel thing. And, no, we did not talk about this beforehand. Like, <laughs> I'm just a big fan of – because I think if you can – you can give me some if if I have a decent quarterback. You can give me some average players on offense. I can scheme them open. You know what I'm saying? I can scheme up 
a, a decent Shanahan. defense. Yeah, like well, Kyle Shanahan's got some elite players too. Like George Kittle's an elite player. Um, you know, he's had some guys who, when you put the ball in their hands, they're they're very good. But yeah, he's a good example because his quarterback's not very good, and he still has great offenses. Defense, I feel like that's so much harder. Like, and I feel like the coordinators that have left here have learned that it's like, oh, wait a minute. I can't leave Seattle and just run a bunch of cover three in no, Jacksonville. No. Like, well, no, coach. We don't have Erlen Camp. So, no, we can't do that. Or it's like, we don't have Cliff and Mike up front to just rush four. We can't do that. Like, the coordinators that have left here have been such a good example of why your personnel matters a lot. Uh, so, yeah. And, I just, and, you know, and I'm all for, and I'm all for, like, if I see my personnel, I'm all for making trades. Like, you gotta, you gotta go for it. Trading Quandre for a fifth round pick was awesome. Y'all hear my kids screaming? Yeah, it's all good, man. We know you're a family man. You're good. <laughs> you're good, bro. It's all good, KJ. Well, unless something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's his mama down there. He cool. Um, trading Quandre for a fifth round pick, that's cool. When you make a trade that sets you back for years, mm. years. Dang, like, what are we doing? Yeah. That's, got, that's just my thing. Like, what are we doing? I got, I, well, that's not just your thing. That's by all of Seahawks uh, fans right now wondering what's going on. I went to a birthday dinner for my grandma, my auntie the other day. My 77 <laughs> year old grandmother's asking me what they're going to do on defense, you know, during this, <laughs> eat, eating wing stops. So like, my dad asked me, what are we going to do? Your dad asked you too. <laughs> my dad was like, so, uh, Quandra coming back? I mean, he's really good, right? I'm like, so, no, dad, he's excellent. They, <laughs> so the ultimate question is, where do they go from now? I think one interesting thing that I've gotten in my kind of reporting of what's going to happen next is that Pete wants to be more aggressive on defense. That's kind of the buzzword I've been given. Not a ton of uh, specifics on that. The only clue that I've kind of been pointed to is someone mentioned to me what DJ Reed had said after the year was over. He was like, yeah, what changed? We got a lot more aggressive. Uh, we started just playing to what guys are good at, playing more man. I'm, pr- I'm presuming he means when Trey Brown got in there because DJ and Trey are kind of small dudes, but they, they, they're sticky. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how what aggressive means in Pete's mind. Um, I don't know if that, like, switch to some more aggressive stuff was a can. I, I don't see. That's the thing. It could be that. Um, it could because they didn't blitz a lot this year, though. That's the thing. They were, like, at middle of the pack, about normal blitz rate that they were. Last year was kind of an outlier because Jamal blitzed so much. <laughs> uh, but 2021 was right on par with about 2019, 2018. I'd have to pull up the numbers. But I want to know if, if, I, if I could get sit Pete down and be like, hey, Pete, what does aggressive mean? Like, if you're yeah. going to do that, what does that look like? Does that get back to sending Jamal? Does that mean, you know, rolling, bringing back DJ Reed, Trey Brown, and playing more man? Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, when, yeah, and also man is man is more aggressive. Man creates more opportunities, get stickier, get tip balls and and pass breakups. And um, but there's there's some zone coverages that you can like more match up. Cause like what we did and, and like was more spot drop, read the quarterback. Some stuff, some zone drops, it's like matchup. Like this go guys here, you go here, et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's different stuff you can do. And so um, yeah, they gotta get back to the drawing boards. They gotta get back to the drawing boards and whoever comes in. Like you know, whatever happened last year, it can't continue. And I would, I would personally would just start back to what I know. I would stick to my DNA. Mm. So I'm. We got one more question for you. Well, two more, but one more like football schematic thing here is that last year's Seahawks defense was very interesting in that it was very good situationally. The numbers were like top ten and third down, fourth down, goal line, red, red zone. zone. Um, 
also eliminating explosive plays. I think they were like top 10 uh, there as well. And then pretty much bad at everything else. Um, I'm not even going to lie. Like bottom, bottom, like <laughs> no third pass rush. Sorry. Run defense was also top 10 mm-hmm. as well. So run defense and then situational football. Um, and there was a lot of debate about locally here. Like, okay, is the defense good? Is it not good? You know, what counts as good? Like they're top 10 scoring defense, but given a million passing yards. And like, so when you guys were players or even coaches, I don't know what, besides obviously if you win the game and, how many points you give up, what constitutes a good defense? Like what numbers are you guys using the building to uh, quantify that? I believe what quantifies uh, what a good defense is scoring defense. Okay. Scoring defense, but really it's important thing. is like a defense that could complement the offense. Mm. Like three phases playing together. Like how do we, how do, do we get our offense in good field position? Do we get the offense, the ball back? Are we, um, is our time of possession short? Versus our offense, like complementing the offense is what I really look at when it comes to a really good defense. And I believe that all phases got to complement each other. Hmm. And so when you look at the defense, did they did they help their offense out? Okay. Speaking of phases, are you? It sounds like from the answers you've given us today, coaching might be a phase you tap into. But there could be bigger and better things. You talked about on KJR. You were saying general manager, even though the hours are crazy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. But what does KJ want to do in the future? Yeah, KJ wants to stay around the game. I want to stay around the game. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to become no car salesman or whatever. I want to start. You'd be a game. dope car salesman, though. I'll come buy a car from you. <laughs> I want to stay around <laughs> the game. But what I, I really want to have an impact on people, and I want to be connected with people. And I believe that I got a really good skill set when it comes to bringing people together all on one page and just building something special. So I don't know what exactly that is, but I'm going to figure it out. Okay. We'll In the meantime, out. play some Sam linebacker uh, <laughs> here. Because you're not retiring, right? You got, yeah, you, 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 got, you, you, got some more, you got some more football in you, You still want to play, right? I, I want to be happy. I want to be in a situation where... I'm happy. I want to be in a situation where my family is with me because I know my family were with me last year. They were and not so, with you last year. Yeah, they were not with me last year. So, so, yeah, that was a beast. Five months <laughs> sleeping by yourself. I couldn't, I, like I said earlier, I couldn't sleep. Like, when I first got to Vegas, I couldn't sleep at night. Mm. Yeah. Family was, is key. Yeah, my mentals was all jacked up. And so um, it had to be a really good situation. Okay. Well, hopefully the Seahawks are like, hey, KJ, uh, we messed up. You know, what do you say, man? Yeah. <laughs> And and I'm telling you guys, there's a role to <laughs> there, there's a their position where I could come back and play and everything is all good. You hear that, twelves? The door is open. Yeah, Seahawks, stop never, playing. Never close. Never close. Shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't close. close. Uh, One more thing though, KJ, before we get you out of oh, here, we do you, this with everyone. You. <laughs> we appreciate you tapping in with us and every time we've had you on from our first time until now even on the radio show when we did over the summer it was a blast but we also got to get some help so based on the times you've been on with us who do you think would be a good fit to come on Seahawks Man to Man that you also got to help get alright that's another thing you got to help us get whoever it is who do you think would rock right with us on the pod alright let me think let me think thank you for remembering this question I, got you. I always forget who do I think will rock good on the pod? Yep. Good conversation. You know the drill. Yeah. Obviously, 
Remember that stipulation too. You gotta, be yeah, like, you gotta help us with yeah. this. You can't just say a name like, oh, by the like, way, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to yeah. connect. This, yeah, y'all should get Peyton this, Manning, and then yeah. <laughs> don't help. This guy would be perfect, but I know he probably won't come. This Cam would be perfect. Cam, you know, you know Cam. You, you said Cam probably. Be- I will answer that for Cam <laughs> on here. Cam not doing it. <laughs> well, we thank you for that. So let's eliminate Cam. Let's try another name. Yeah, let's, yeah I'll eliminate that one. I will personally say he's not going to. I would love him to. Hey, Cam, come do the show, but. I, you know he's not. Russell, probably not. I'm working on that one. I'm working on that one. Would be awesome. You gotta you gotta limit his answers though. Like Russell, you can only give a minute answer. No, no, I would obviously do I would do the opposite. opposite. I would tell <laughs> Chris, on. hey bro, make sure your laptop is charged. You're going three hours if that's what he wants. It's gonna be like an episode of Drink Champs with Nori. That, that thing is less interruptions. Long. Yeah, I'm gonna let him rock whoever he wants. All right, come on. Who else you got? Dang, KJ, what's going on, man? I know you got someone in there. Come on, man. Somebody that fit the brand, like somebody that can like jail good with the fellas. Yep. That want to be on. Check. Fellas, I haven't, y'all stumped me with this one. I'm sad. Oh, man. Our first stump. We're going to put the pressure on Bobby. (laughs) Who did Cliff say? Cliff said Marshawn. Yeah, but, yeah, Marshawn, you think Marshawn to come? I think I think we can get him. I'll talk to Cliff again. I'll reach out to him. Yeah, I just say it's a possibility. I say we use this time to pressure Bobby like coming on the show. Yeah, you know what? Send yeah, Bobby a text because Bo- Bobby's been. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and yeah, we haven't done it yet. So you know what? Hit up Bobby. Mike's been talking to Bobby. Hopefully, we can get something done. I got I th- you. I got I you. I think I think Bobby has set the record for <laughs> times committed to coming on and not. So I'm gonna put him on blast there. He's probably said full, yes, full I'll do it about like, three times. What'd you say, court, KJ? Full court press I'm like. Well, I think Mike has. Mike's like I already hit him. Like I'm about to, you know, he's already he he clearly he sees me. I said what's up. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I'll come on. And like, how your schedule looking next week? Monday, Monday through Friday, what works for you? I tell you this now, Mike has literally done no, it. No, we're gonna do it though. We're gonna do it. Last time I <laughs> last time I reached out, he said the Wednesday after the Super Bowl. So we're sitting here. What day is it? It's uh we're January 31, Monday. Yep. So that's uh what day is that? Two weeks out. That's 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 what it is. Hell, we got Doug on. All right, we can do we it. We did get Doug. That was right. Was yeah. Show. It was a good show. Okay, Jay, man. We thank you for your time. We appreciate it. We hear the the young man yelling in the background. Is there yeah. anything you want to tell the 12 before you get out of here, man? No, nah, people man, in general. No, nah, just um just just when you watch the game, watch it from a holistic standpoint. That's all I'm saying. That was deep. Watch it from a holistic <laughs> standpoint. I, I, I will say this, Casey, before we let you go real fast. It's very hard. Like I watch film a lot of the time. Like I was just watching film today. Mm-hmm. I barely know what I'm talking about when I when I and that's somebody who watches it, talks to players, talks to coaches. I stay up on YouTube watching, examining fronts and coverages and what different checks. So imagine the fan who's only watching the game and depending on those two guys in the booth to tell them what's going on. That makes it very hard. Yeah, just and just don't be sheeps. Don't just see what somebody says on your Twitter feed and think that's that's the right answer. Mm. Use your that's own minds and, and brains to see. Oh, that's not the problem. That's the problem. Well, if that was the case, Twitter would be a much happier place <laughs> if people just could form their own opinion and there wasn't just an echo chamber. Yeah. I think you might have just yeah. solved the internet if we yeah. if we're if we're doing more of that. I also encourage all professional athletes to stay out of their mentions. It's just a bad place. Yeah, it 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 really is. But yeah. uh, KJ, once again, we appreciate you. No doubt. Uh, K- KJ, right? The elevator. Uh, I'm just gonna keep throwing all that out there. With, all stayed in high school with no context. I just love it. Man. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for tuning into the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Make sure you subscribe on youtube 
Spotify, Apple, everywhere you get your podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend and bully Bobby on social media to join us on the next episode. Until then, we're out. You see, I don't have to drive me if you say that for your mama, maybe you should smoke some bitch.